November 9, 2018. Been uh, waxing philosophical on something since last night. You know, I talked about this. The Marine Corps birthday is upon us, 10 November 1775. My Marine Corps came alive. Very, very special. You know, anybody who, you know a Marine, oh, my grandfather's a Marine, oh, my dad, oh, my uncle served here, served there. It's, it's, an, it's a special thing. Marines are special. They're a special breed because they step up to the plate and they try to do what is hard, what is impossible. I'm going to do the most difficult thing that you could ever do as a young man or woman. I'm going to join the Marine Corps. Notorious boot camp, notorious process where, as I've stated previously, it's like a meritocracy where you got to bust your ass and, you know, you earn the respect of your peers and your superiors by working hard, by performing physically, mentally, doing what you need to do. And people know, will know about you, that you are a what's called squared away individual. You have your shit together. You know? One of the concepts that is... uh, written in the Marines' hymn is, here it goes, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, we will fight our country's battle, battles in the air, on land, and sea, first to right, first to fight for right and freedom and to keep our honor clean. We are proud to claim the title of United States Marine. All right, that's just basically the first verse. I'm not going to embarrass myself and bogar the second or third. It's been a while. But that segment, that excerpt where it says, to fight for right and freedom and to keep our honor clean is a particularly challenging thing. And I'll tell you why. Because you train yourself up for war. You freaking expose yourself physically, mentally to rigors. People screaming at you, knocking out crazy physical training, max set of push-ups, runs in the heat and, you know... Training in every climb and place, fighting in every climb and place. So wherever, on a mountain, in a freaking desert, on the sea, we're going after it. In the air, on land and sea, we're going. We're we're gonna fight. We're gonna take it to the enemy and ultimately kill them, destroy the enemy. Because this is the way that we have solved problems historically between nations, between peoples. War is something that has always been part of life. You look at the animal kingdom, there's constant battles between various forces, whether we're talking about the smallest creatures we can't really see with the naked eye, like a uh, microorganism, bacteria, virus. They're battling, they're competing. Monkeys in the wild attack each other's, you know, get themselves together in groups. They'll attack each other and fiercely defend their territory. Human beings, you know, fish, fucking whatever, man. An organism must take care of itself, must be able to defend itself and what its property, its territory. Otherwise, someone else will take over. 
a rival band of humans, cave people, whatever, back in the day. You have to be able to take care of yourself, take care of your business. And so war is something that we've heard about historically and we've experienced even in modern times when it seems like war can be foolish, very foolish thing. So my point is, Marines will sign up, young people sign up to fight and potentially die, pay the ultimate sacrifice in order to defend right and freedom, to fight for right and freedom and to keep our honor clean. So we want to do what's right. We want to be like the superhero, you know, the guy who saves the day. That was a big part of what I wanted to do. Like, I like that Marines trained hard and busted their ass and, and they, they were warriors, but every true warrior, it has been said, prays for peace. Or from martial art, my martial arts days, as a kid, you train to fight so you don't have to because you're prepared for the contingency. You don't start a fight, you finish it, right? So kind of operate with integrity, be nice to everyone, but you got to be prepared, as General Mattis said, who's a famed uh, Marine general from Desert Storm and he's Department of uh, Defense Secretary right now, Secretary of Defense, right? He said, uh, whatever, be kind, but have a plan to kill everyone you meet. Because in these hostile environments, you have better be ready to fight or else you may die. Your troops may die. Anybody under your charge may die. The mission will not be accomplished. And so there's that balance there that I've always, I've always philosophically enjoyed. It is that I'm going to train myself to be such a freaking badass that I can destroy anything or, or win the day negotiate any possible obstacle. But I don't want to have to fight. I don't want to have to fight or work harder than I really need to. I don't want to go around with a chip on my shoulder telling everybody how, how tough I am. I want it to be obvious. I want it to be I want to be big. I want to be strong. I want to be fast. I want to be capable. I want to be smart. And over the course of, of my time on this earth, that has been a quest for me. And I have obtained it. I mean, I'm not the biggest, baddest individual in the world. But I can more than hold my own. And, you know, this is what all Marines want. It's what anybody, any of my buddies that I served with, they're of this character. Like, they've trained. They, they're, they're confident. They know. They're ready for any contingency. It helps to be ready. It pays to be a winner. It pays to be ready for what life is going to throw at you. So the, the fighting is a metaphor for life. Now I just listened to this philosophical uh, book. It's audible. Listen, it's called um, Alan Watts, You're It. How to Find Yourself, Seek, Hide, and Be Found, or whatever. It talks about Buddhist influences, Eastern philosophy, about how you know, in the West, we're always trying to fight everything. We're trying to fight the, the elements. We're, you know, we're going to... Hurricane comes through, we're going to build back up better than ever. And we're going to, you know, if somebody gives a shit, we're going to squash that country or that group of people. Or, you know, if you know, we lose in any way, we'll, we're going to regroup and we're going to win. This is how we kind of 
operate. And I don't have an answer to uh, going about this any other way, but he's suggesting that it's kind of futile to suggest that we, um, we're always going to win. We're always going to be right. We're always going to be um, the victor. That's not the way it works. Any of these professional teams, the Philadelphia Eagles can tell you that you only know how it feels to win because you've lost. Because you take some friggin' bullets because you get your quarterback gets sacked. And so that is true in the NFL and in the Marine Corps and in everyday society for citizens of every country, of every land. I want to, you know, with all this being said, I want to talk about a current event. There was a a mass shooting that occurred, I think it was in California, and this is this week. And the guy was a former Marine, he was maybe 30, lived with his mom, served, sound like Afghanistan, Iraq. Sounds like he served honorably and saw some combat. So this guy goes to a bar or a club or something and brought his handgun and he just shot everybody up. Killed 13 people. And, you know, neighbors and friend, people who knew him reported that he was very quiet to himself. Obviously, he was kind of wigged out and not dealing with a full deck. And so when you go on these some of these pages that are, you know, on Facebook or online or whatever, and people are Marines, and they're saying, you know, you know, like, for instance, the Commandant of the Marine Corps, Neller, James Neller, I believe, he says, He's, this guy is no Marine. And a lot of people agree that, you know, you can't use your, your, your powers for evil. We need to fight for right and keep our honor clean. But on the other hand, there are other Marines who are saying, well, you know, he is a Marine. He is, a, he, he certainly is a Marine. If he made it through boot camp and he earned the title just like everybody else, then he is in fact a Marine and maybe he had PTSD, maybe he had his struggles. You know, the PT uh, Marines are and uh, military, former military that have deployed and saw combat. They come back, and they come back in horrible shape. We've got 22 veterans that are killing themselves daily. You've probably heard that quote. So, that's a question. Is this guy a Marine that committed this atrocity? And I see everybody's, I try to find that middle, I see everybody's point of view, perspective... Did this guy see some shit? Was he somehow wrecked by his service? You know, meaning to do good, deployed, maybe he served honorably for however long. Maybe he saved some lives. He certainly took part in the mission that we sent him on. The taxpayer sent him on. Our government sent him on. He comes back broken and does something like this to hurt people. It's most certainly a travesty. Many-fold tra- travesty. Travesty because people, innocents got killed. 
travesty because somebody who was a good guy somehow found himself on the dark side and hurt a bunch of innocents, committed an atrocity. It's a travesty because there's a code that we live by as Marines to fight for right and freedom and to keep our honor clean. And, and the fact that he was twisted in some way and would do something like this seemingly unprovoked, it's unbecoming a Marine. So I say that it's a, quite the ball of wax. He's certainly not a Marine. He, he, I feel like one of the things, the reality is, if you do good, if you, if you are a warrior, you may be you may train your ass off and win many battles, but it doesn't guarantee any future wins. You know, what you, what I do today is before me. It's yet to it's yet to come to pass. So I'm going to do my best to force my will on this world and come out of you know do the work that is my charge. Adjust my patience. Take care of everybody. You know, hold the office together, make it a positive place, and I'm going to succeed. That's my mission right now. But that's no guarantee of success on Monday or next week, you know. And so a reputation is the hardest thing to accumulate, to establish firmly. And it is the easiest thing, the quickest thing to depart and this guy, obviously, is a friggin', uh, regardless of having served and honorably or whatever, he just did something to erase a lot of that, all of that. And it's sad. It really goes back to, you know, so it doesn't, and people talking about, oh, well, he went to boot camp. You know what? I've been talking about how boot camp is, is such a, uh, a challenge and it's the hardest thing ever. Yeah, it is. It, it's hard. But it's doable. Plenty of people went in through boot camp and made it through, just kept their mouth, their nose clean and did what they needed to do. You're a young man. It's not hard to do push-ups and pull-ups and all that shit. You train, you become stronger. You know? Guys screaming at you all day. Sure, it's stressful. It's completely doable. All right? So, fuck boot camp. I don't care if this guy went through 13 weeks of a, of a, you know, discipline and strict training. I did too, so we have that in common. But it doesn't mean that I, I can't ride on the, you know, wear that on my sleeve for the rest of my life and expect that whatever I do, whatever actions I take outside of that realm, to be overshadowed by this accolade that, that I, the fact that I walked across the parade deck with my dress blues on in 1993. It's a trend. When you do something good and you accomplish something, I feel like that's great. Take a moment to savor in that and acknowledge what got you there to that successful place. But it's no guarantee of future successes. So you go after it again and you set a trend of success. You've got a, a, a template You've done it before, you can do it again. And so this guy had a real friggin' bad day, and don't we all, but he hurt a lot of people, killed 13 people. 
So no, he's not a Marine anymore. You can put that on his tombstone that he served in Desert Storm or whatever, and he deserves respect for that. But what he's going to be remembered for is blowing away a bunch of innocents in some club. And that is a shame. So, ultimately, it brings us to the concept of war. What does war do to people? And is, is this... Is it necessary for us to... Are warriors becoming obsolete? You know? Think about it. Year, history of warfare. We might have been beating each other with clubs and, and bows and arrows and knives and swords and all that shit. Medieval times and before. Shooting each other with crossbows. Then we moved further out. We got guns that can shoot you from however many hundred yards away. Now we get cannons. And so you can shoot a cannon from over here and maybe a half a mile away, a mile, it's going to land right in the middle of the battlefield. And if you got it on sight, sighted in well, it's going to blow the, blow the shit out of everybody, kill a bunch of people. You don't even need to be there to see the fallout. Then we create artillery. You can be miles away. Then we, cre then we have planes that drop bombs on people. You can just look down at the target and say, I'm going to drop it right in that city. And we've done that time and again. Here's the objective. You're going to drop a napalm. You're going to drop a bomb over here. And in the heat of the battle, when you've got a mission upon you, you do it. And you don't even need to. It's stressful. It's bad. It's combat, a type of combat. But it's not eye to eye. And so you can do that. And you can, we're further um, isolated from the battle, from the fight. But we can still take part in it. Now we have drones that are dropping bombs on people. And there's a statistic talking about how drone warfare, it, despite it being all computerized and such, there's a lot of uh, fallout. There's a lot of uh, people that get killed that were unintended. Collateral damage, we can call it. So what's next? We've got seen the robot prototypes that we've got out there. We're going to send robots out to kill people, and then maybe robots killing robots, and we're destroying things to talk, to try to solve our problems, you don't agree with me, oh, well, let's talk about it, oh, fuck, you want to do that, guess what, I'm going to challenge you with a duel, oh, you kill me in a duel, my entire family is going to come out with, to get you, the whole Hattonfields and McCoys thing, the whole, you know, you send troops into Afghanistan, when Russia's fighting them, and you, you, you train up a bunch of mercenaries, um, train the trainer, and get all these people, these Osama bin Ladens, ready to fight, and give them all the weapons, weaponry in the world, ammo, beans, bullets, band-aids, and then you send them into combat, help thwart Russia, well then Russia, these people are trained up, you've given them the friggin' firearms, and now... Maybe they got a problem with you. And that's what, kind of what happened with 9-11, it seems to me. That we created some of these monsters. We created monsters by destroying other monsters. And what does that do to the human mind and body? And I've often thought there's all these, um, there's all these charities that take care of wounded veterans and that have lost limbs and 
PTSD blown up in various ways, and I think that those charities are awesome. I'm glad that they exist. But you know what? Rather than having all these charities, I'd prefer having these individuals get their limbs back. We're not having, have to, having to have gone into a very ugly situation based upon whatever, incorrect intelligence, the wrong mission unto itself. I mean, you think about it. Some of the people that are, you know, uh, supposed to take an act of Congress for war. We've done a lot of warfare, taken part in a lot of war right now across the world, trying to jockey for position and maintain our power and spying on others, spying on others, will complain they're spying on us. It's a very ugly business, and I'm glad that I'm not in it anymore. And I was never, you know, any, never a decision maker. I was just a mere pawn on a chessboard, but... It makes one think when something like this happens, when you turn your attention to such warfare and destruction, what does that do to a person? What happens when John Rambo comes out of Vietnam? Jesus Christ, we've freaking seen it, right? We want to create warriors. We want to send human beings into battle to destroy things and to win for America and mom and apple pie. And historically, it's been the most noble thing ever. Did you serve? Oh, yeah, I served. My uncle served in this thing. Well, thank you for your service. We say that in a way that is kind of, I don't know, maybe regretting that we had not served or genuinely being very thankful because they, you know, they might have saved American lives. I'm sure that's been the case. I'm sure that there have been plenty of conflicts, World War II, you know, Korea, whatever, where... If we hadn't fought there and brought the fight and been the aggressor, taken the offensive approach, then we would have been on the defensive approach. And I mad respect to anyone who is in or in these positions where they have all the information and they know that we are in danger, so we need to go send troops abroad. But my days for blindly signing, enlisting, and you know, um, going to train or having volunteering my my children to train to go and become warriors and destroy things, they're over. I'm a former Marine. I'm very proud of it, obviously. It's an important time in my life, and it probably made me as a human being, give me a lot of good things. But I don't think fighting is the answer. It's a solution to everything. I think we need to be prepared. I think we need to think with our head. And like many an Eastern philosopher had said, you know, you you know, the best way to, you know, Sun Tzu, the art of war, talks about avoiding fighting and not taking your troops and, and occupying a foreign land and trying to expect victory, right? All these lessons that were learned over millennia that have been handed down to us that we sometimes ignore, the result is you got warriors coming back, like, you know, the situation with Chris Kyle. Guy was a freaking sniper, crazy deadly sniper, all these kills, saved a lot of Marines and sailors and service people of all stripe as well as our allies over there in the Middle East saved countless lives I'm sure took countless lives as well comes back tries to do good tries to support veterans and what happens he's trying trying to take a guy out to be for some therapy firing some rounds off and working on his marksmanship and just connecting with an aspect of his service 
that is particularly disciplining and, and that we, we take pride in our, our marksmanship, our, our abilities are meant to maintain a, a, a very complex machine, keep it clean, keep it functional, our weaponry. Chris Cowell turns his back and the guy friggin' shoots him and shoots his other buddy that were out there volunteering their time for this charity to help somebody. And so war as hell does horrible things to people. Glad I didn't have to serve in time of war. Hats off to anybody who did. And for those of you who are able to, despite the horrors that you've seen, were able to live functional, productive lives in the civilian sector, very admirable. But let's give peace a chance.